Hey, 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 you guys. Thank y'all so much for being back on Black Canvas Season 8. Now, for some of you guys, y'all may have heard me a little earlier today. I did an interview with Sean Piccinino, but now I have an amazing guest here. We've been in contact now for a couple of months, and he said he wanted to be on the show, and I'm very honored to have him here. You're going to learn more about his story today, and then we're going to have him back in the future on Embracing Your Love Marks, which is my third podcast, which is available on Spotify currently and the Anchor app. And his name is Christopher Toretto. And I want us to kind of talk about the life that he's had. He is a Northern Irish actor and writer. He's living between the UK and Los Angeles. He has completed, you guys, 29 films in 20 months, all lead roles, which is amazing. I mean, he has pure and raw talent. And he's actually attracted himself to many magazines and radio stations such as the Hollywood World Magazine, 4H LA, New York Elite Magazine, LA Talk Radio, and many others. And he has been able to share his craft as it relates to producing, acting, and directing. And I'm just very excited to have Mr. Christopher here with us. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show, and we're so glad to have you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it's really appreciated. Well, I'm excited. I, I always like to tell people when I talk to someone new and have them to share their story, and I know you've had a lot of things you've experienced, and we're going to really talk in depth about that, um, like I said, on Embrace Our Love Marks. But today I wanted to kind of have some fun questions yeah. and ways where people can kind of get to know a little bit more about you. And then if you're ready, we can kind of go straight into them and start to learn more about Chris. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm up for that. All right. So Chris, one question I have for you is what is the one thing that you couldn't imagine living your life without? Um, honestly, I know it's going to sound maybe a little cliche, but family. Um, my family is everything. I have four kids. Um, and my kids basically saved my life. They, they have, they've kept me on the right track. They inspire me every single day to be a better person than I was the day before. And my wife, because if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing and I wouldn't be who I am today. I'm so glad to hear that family is a huge component um, that people can definitely derive a lot of strength from. And I want to dedicate this actual episode to your kids and your wife. I think it'd be a great way to kind of give back to them because I know they've given so much to you as well. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Like I was, as I was saying, my wife's just come out of surgery, um, like serious surgery. So she's off her feet for like six weeks. So like, and as I say, it is a little cliche. People talk about family, you know, and they're like, yeah, I can't do anything without my family, but it really is that case. Um, they have kept me going. And as I say, they do. They inspire me every single day. Um, just whenever you feel like you're, you're on that point of going, can I keep going? Can I keep going? They're always there. They're always there. So, yeah. And that's such a great thing to have because not everyone has that. And I'm yeah. so glad that you have such a strong connection with your family, but it also goes back to you yeah. soul searching and knowing more about yourself to be emotionally available for your family as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I, I basically don't want to like going off track. I, I grew up um, in a very 
separated family. Um, so they have my own. Uh, it's like, it's that thing that when people say I want to give my children everything I didn't have. It's that. It's that thing. It's that. I, w- I would say that's exactly why my family inspires me. Why put a hundred percent trust in each other um, is for the fact that, like, I didn't really have any growing up, and I would just want my kids to know that they have a father who cares for them, and more importantly, that they've helped me in my life. And that's what's so weird because we're supposed to help our kids. We're meant to look after them. We're meant to keep them safe and, and and let them know that they're loved and all. But they do that for me so I can give it in return tenfold. You know I what I mean? exactly what you mean. And I, I feel like, Chris, that's one of your strong points. And that makes you such a great writer is because you can draw from your own experiences of things that you've lost, things you've gained. And how do you see yourself in the midst of that trial and tribulations that you've gone through? which has led you to this point today. So I commend you for, first of all, for acknowledging your part and what you need to do for yourself, for your family, but that your family has been there kind of like an emotional stronghold that's kept you, you know, centered and grounded, even in those moments when you didn't feel like you were worthy of their love. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, that the way you worded that is exactly what I wanted. They're sitting there going, how can I put this? It's, I had to be worthy of it. You know, and and when you grew up alone, um, uh, where I grew up, there is no love. Um, so to be able to know that, like, you get you get into a certain way of life where it's like um, things become normal to you. And where I grew up, things become normal where there is no love, there is no you don't share. But we like when you ring your family, um, you don't say love you at the end of a call. When you see each other after a long time, you don't really hug. There's no affection. Um, but I have all that with my family, and it's made me just a far better person. It, it's it's really made me a, a far, far, far better person. And I think you, you made a great point, Chris, about that. So when you don't grow up with it, it's hard to derive an emotion and a feeling from something that you didn't have. Um, but I do think that that is, gives you a lot of power is because when you get to see that in their eyes, their expression when they're around you, it's just something that you cannot change. So I, I love to hear that. And it kind of goes and segues into my next question, because I wanted to find out what are five values that you feel that you possess at this time? Five values that I possess. Um, there, I, I can actually say this openly. And I know I can say this without, without um, anybody. I am a, a fantastic follower. I know that. Um, that has been my number one goal in life is to be that. Um, I am a fantastic husband. I know that. And that's that's not me saying it. It's because that's my that's my goal. That's my job. Um, that's my end point. If, if everything else in life feels, as long as I know I have been the best father and the best husband I can be, um, that is my main, main goal. Do you know what I mean? Like, like they go, they go for five values for me is like, I'm very, (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm very um I'm very tough on myself. So that'd be a question my wife would go, Well, you have this, 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 this. But for me, I know that I can sit here right now and say that I am a good father. I'm a very good husband. I'm a very loyal person. That is something about me. Um where, where uh, as I say, where I grew up, it's dog eat dog kind of world. Um, and I, I grew up on the streets of Northern Ireland. It's very tough, but and it's very hard to, to be a good person. And I made sure, no matter what, I stay loyal to them. I'm always very, very loyal with my friends. Sometimes maybe too loyal. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I'm very tough, and it's very hard for me to sit here without. I feel like. It's a pride thing. I feel like I'd be boasting if I said, here's my best values. I prefer with all people, maybe to come forward and say, right, Chris is this type of person. But what I want people to value about me is probably how I would answer the question, is I want people to know that I'm trustworthy. I want them to know I'm caring. I want them to know that I put everybody else in front of my my gains, my goals, everybody else comes first. The only reason I do what I do is so I can give to other people, I can help other people. Um, I want to be known as loyal. I want to be known as, as a loving, caring, friendly person. So it's more like what I want to give and what other people would say about me. Do you understand what I mean? I, I 100% do. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play your wife's role for one minute. The only difference is I'm a black... <laughs> tall six foot two guys so i don't think that's going to really work image wise but i'll kind of give you some positive statements so one thing i will say is i think that you have a great i think you're courageous so that's one value i think you do have because talking about your history and your experiences with others and being able to share that that's one of the hardest things to do and be open and honest about those issues because people can be very judgmental or they may not understand the plight it's taken for you to get to where you are, um, especially growing up. And like you said, in a rough area, different experiences. I grew up in a rough area myself and have seen and experienced a lot of things that most people haven't. And so it's given me a lot of strength as a counselor to be able to assist people because someone will look at me and think, oh, he's done, he doesn't know what's going on. But I'm like, you have no idea the journey we've all taken. So I would definitely say that's one for you. Another I would say is I think that you are very brave. I think that bravery is is something that many people struggle with, um, being able to, to share openly their experiences with their trials and tribulations, kind of similar to what I mentioned with the other word. But um, there is someone by the name of Brene Brown. I'm going to text you some stuff on her later. And she actually talks about braving. And it's something that really helped reshape my life. Um, but she is amazing. She's someone who's in the counseling world and is well known. A lot of people know about Brene Brown, but I will send you some stuff on her to kind of listen to and read up on. But she wrote a lot of great books that really helped to kind of reshape my life. Um, and then the third one, I'll give you another one. I would say that you're accepting. And I feel like acceptance starts within you first. But I think you've been able to learn to accept people and their differences and be able to stand in a room with others and people can acknowledge, hey, Chris really has love and, and he likes me because he loves and likes himself. And I feel like acceptance is, is key in building genuine relationships with other people. Yeah, that, see, that's, 
this is the thing. It's 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 so hard for me to be open. No, no, I'm open about my past. I'm open about what I've been through. Um, I've been called motivating, inspiring, powerful. Um, I've had people say to me, like in Hollywood, when you come into a room, you command attention. But uh, you know, you just you, you bring this energy where everybody around you feels it, and they want to be near you, and they want to they want to listen to you. you. You know, you just come in, and you're just so open. And I'm like, okay. But when somebody says to me, "Give me five things that you love about yourself," I'm like, um, <laughs> okay. Hold on, moment. They'll think about because I'm still uh, I'm still battling that. Um, I'm the tough guy from Northern Ireland. Do you know what I mean? I got to be tough. I have to have thick skin. Um, I can't show my emotions. You know, I'm still battling with that. Um, and I think... Well, well, Chris, Chris, I'm going to slow you down for a second on that one. A lot of times when we do that, and this is just in general, this isn't a counseling thing. This I want our listeners to know I'm not counseling Chris. I want to give him some some tools. Is that a lot of times when we do that to ourselves... <laughs> Um, we we go into that negative self talk, is because that is what we what has been ingrained in us, or maybe that's something that we've lacked. And a lot of times when we've either felt abandoned or alienated, or that other people have had negative connotations related to us, it's hard for us to accept any sort of positivity. And then at times it can be hard when you grow up, especially as a male, uh, when there is a thing called toxic masculinity i've talked about that on this show before and it plays a huge yeah. role and there's a stigma yeah. as it relates to mental illness there's a stigma as it relates to what men and women should do and i feel like we get to break that barrier is by you being yourself because you want your kids to be able to come to you and talk about their emotions and their feelings and it's going to be hard for you to fully emotionally be invested in what they're saying if they know that mom and dad or friend cannot show emotions to me in a healthy way it's going to be hard for them to know how to reciprocate that with others because all they see is someone who's just kind of closed off and guarded when yeah. in actuality there's a lot of fear in showing that emotion but fear is actually what gets us to the other side of our pain and it's about learning how to just say hey you know what I'm still learning it as I go and I'm not going to get it right all the time but at least I'm open and honest and willing enough to go to a different state emotionally that I'm uncomfortable, but it actually feels different, which can sometimes be the best feeling in the world because it's something I didn't expect to do, um, but I worked through it. And I'm going to kind of share something with you and no one pretty much knows this except for a few close friends. But yesterday I had a really, really rough yesterday afternoon and I had to just break down and cry. And that's something that no one hardly ever sees me do. Um, but I was having a rough moment and it was all, I mean, yeah. I literally had to do some breathing techniques myself so that I didn't go into a panic attack because I used to have them really bad. And I noticed my anxiety going up and I was able to work through that situation. And I prayed, which is something that's really important to me. And I was able to talk to people who were there for me in those moments. And those people know who they are. And I really appreciate that. Um, but it was one of those day days where I have was like, I needed to do this. And I had to remind myself that I'm human, you know, there's nothing wrong with me doing this. You know, there's nothing wrong with me talking about it. I didn't feel any shame yeah. and sharing it with others. Hey, I'm crying. I'm really upset. I'm having a rough time right now um, because that's what we all need to do to get better. But I, I did realize that, oh my God, I'm like, it's been a while since I physically cried yeah. in that way. And it was such a, it was a releasing 
for me, it was cathartic in a different way than I've ever ex expressed myself in a very long time. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'd, be, I'd be me um, as much as like, when I lived in Northern Ireland, you can't show emotion like that. You, you can't be vulnerable. You can't let your guard down. Um, you're surrounded by people. You have to be tough. You have to be ready. Um, you have to be on your toes. You have to be street smart. You got it, you know. It, and then there is the toxicity of it. There's 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 the the sectarianism. There's the bigotry. There's everything built in. And when I left Northern Ireland, I didn't realize that you you can actually be different. You can actually live a different life. And I wouldn't say I became softer, but I have, if that's if that makes sense. Um, I can show emotions now in front of friends. I can show emotions in front of my family. I, like I still keep it very bottled up in a way because it's still hard to break a cycle that you've been doing 25 years of your life. Um, but it's that point that like when I I took a break from Hollywood and writing and acting and everything. And I came back to the UK and uh, opened up an acting school so I could solely put all my energy into helping people from like poverty stricken areas, um, people with mental health issues, people with physical and mental disabilities. And I gave up on so many massive opportunities in my own career so I could help those people. And they just see me as this guy who, he, wow, he, he just, he's always going, he's always tough, he's always doing this, he's always doing that. But then over time, in the last few years, we've become, rather than like me being a coach and then being students, we became such close friends to the point now that if I do need to speak or I do feel stress, I can just go to them and speak to them, which is never something I've had before. And that that can that can change your life. One hundred percent. That can, I know there's that same men need to speak. They do. That can change your life. Speaking to somebody now is, yeah. Once you once you learn to let your barrier down, just just kind of show that little bit of vulnerability, it, it can actually make a big difference, a massive difference, and it's really changed me as a person. I'm so glad that you said that. And I'm glad we kind of segued into that discussion because I feel like that's something that needs to be heard. Hopefully there's some people who are listening to this or who will hear this in the future to know that, you know, Chris and I are human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have tough times where we don't want to show feelings and emotions the way that others share it. But we're going to have moments when we need to and we can share it openly and honestly and whether someone judges it or not, that's their own issue. It's not ours. And I feel like this is a, I think this is a powerful moment for you, Chris. And I'm so glad that you were able to talk about that because you're going to help maybe hopefully save someone's life that you didn't even know needed to hear it. Similar to something you and I discussed, there was someone who helped to save your life. And we're going to kind of briefly discuss that, but we're going to talk more in detail, you guys, when we have them back as it relates to that entire story. But do you mind sharing with the listeners who that person was that kind of helped reshape your life, who was kind of like a role model, someone that you looked up to? And um... I've had a I've had a few role models in my life. Like growing up as a kid, you know, you, you watch you know, your action heroes, your Arnold Schwarzeneggers, your Sylvester Stallones, your your Shawn Van Damme's, people like this that kind of got you like 
riled up. But as a kid, um, growing up in Northern Ireland, the best you hope for is to become a plumber, um, a bricklayer, or a mechanic. Or and I'm not saying that those don't. Please don't take that those are those are phenomenal jobs. But what I'm saying is, you are that is the height of your job. That is, you are very, very, very lucky to become that. Do you understand? I mean, that is like the the pinnacle. You know, I mean, the top jobs you could get. Um, and where I came from, ninety nine point nine percent of us never made it to that. We, um, you grew up because you knew you were going to be on benefits. The government would be paying the rest of your life, and it's what they call the dole in Northern Ireland and the UK. Um, and you know you're you're going to grow up in a life you're going to struggle. You don't know where your next meal's coming from, and you just you get into that way of life. And most people hit drugs and alcohol. And I knew from when I was at school before I left school, I would watch MTV Cribs, and I always said, "I want a better life than this. I'm going to. I want that kind of life." That my friends would laugh. And they'd be like, yeah, okay, because that was a million miles away. And when you get inspired by people, singers, actors, you know, whatever it is, Bobby Bolton was a massive point in my life. Um, massive. Like, I, I lived in a gym. I, I literally lived in one. When I was homeless, I moved in and I, I slept in a gym and I trained in the gym and I ate in the gym. And if it wasn't for the guy who owned the gym, I probably wouldn't have ate. Um, and like, but you had these idols, you put them on a pedestal, but you knew you would never meet them, ever. Um, and I was very, very lucky. I, I, uh, I don't want to go too into it, but um, I lived on the streets for a long time. And a lady used to pass me every day. Uh, she would speak to me, but I never knew what she looked like because I was so embarrassed. I'd be saying, this is no, I would, I would know her by her shoes. I would know when she was approaching by her shoes. And she would always ask me the same question. Are you sure you're okay? Do you need anything? And I was like, it's okay. I'm just waiting for a lift going to work. Three weeks later would pass. She kept asking me the same question. And she sat beside me one day and she said to me, I know you're not going to work. I know you're homeless. Do you need help? She helped me. She got me a job. And then after my first job, I, I did my driving test. I got a car. And then um, I got mugged uh, in Northern Ireland. Um, and that's the thing. Like, um, It's like yourselves in the States, you have gangs and stuff like that in certain areas and all. But I was driving through and a few guys liked the look of my car. They took my car and um, one of them hit me, hit me pretty hard with a weapon on the side of the head and they left me lying on the street for dead, basically. Um, and that was it. I, uh, that whole life flashing in front of your eye moment, that, that really does happen. But it's not, it's not everything that's happened in your life. It's almost everything that I wish had happened. Um, and then you end up in one place and it could be somewhere you've never been before. It could, uh, for me, it was somewhere I've never stood before. It was on a mountain. I've never stood on that mountain, but I was there. 
And then I woke up and there was paramedics around me. Um, and then I had to go into rehab and basically learn how to walk and talk again. And I was going to give up. I'll admit it. I was going to give up. Uh, I contemplated suicide many, many, many times. And um, a friend of mine bought me a chocolate ale DVD. And I watched that DVD every single day doing my rehab because it was so inspiring. It was how he knew what he wanted in life, how he wouldn't let anybody stop him. It was just so inspiring that that pushed me through my rehab. Um, and between Chuck, which I never, ever thought I'd meet, and then I was very, very lucky to meet on a red carpet in Beverly Hills, which, trust me, when you're from Northern Ireland and you say you're going to Beverly Hills, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> more, chance of, <laughs> more chance of going to Mars. Um. You know, I mean, it really is. It's like you, you have more chance of saying, yeah, I'm going to go and join NASA and fly to Mars. People, it's just not going to happen. I never expected in a million years. And I was standing on a red carpet in Beverly Hills. And I'll never forget this because I'm ne I don't get starstruck. I don't. I don't get starstruck. But because of what I've been through, where I've came from, the kind of life I had, my friend Mario said to me, Chris, you need to turn around. And I turned around, chocolate ale was there. And I actually had to turn away from the cameras and walk down the street because I burst into tears. I burst into tears. I couldn't cope. I was like, what? Nobody told me he was going to be here. I didn't know how to put it. This guy's in front of me. I've looked up to this guy my whole life. Do you know what I mean? He, he was a massive part of my life. And my friend talked me into going and telling him. So I went and I told Chuck. And Chuck hugged me. Um, I did the interview for ESPN of basically everything I told Chuck, I told them, and then I got to watch his film, and I, I got, we we started messaging each other um, through like text messages, which was I was like, wow. Um, I went to his last fight, you know, it became reality, and it became to the point I was like, you know, punching myself, am I still alive? Do you know that moment? <coughs> and um. It's like, it's like it was so inspiring, so motivating, but became so normal in a way that it was like, I didn't know if it was real. I was like, is this actually happening? It's like um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I, uh, I carried a, a poster of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And I don't know if you were in the wrestling or if anybody listens in the wrestling, but if you're into wrestling, you'll know Dwayne wore a, like a silk shirt and the big sunglasses and all, and there was a poster of him screaming in the microphone. And I carried that photo, uh, well, poster, um, in a backpack when I was homeless. And I carried it for years as I traveled around um, Northern Ireland, going from one city to another and sleeping in one place to another and another and another. And I looked at that poster every night and said, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to become something. And this is before Dwayne Johnson was Dwayne Johnson, the actor, the, the icon, Black Adam, before all that. Um, and he inspired me. And then he inspired me further on when he got into acting. He inspired me to get into acting. He inspired me to, to stick to the gym and use it as my anchor. So it's like, 
I think I'm very lucky to have some really good role models there. And they always say, don't meet your heroes. But I got to meet Chuck, um, who saved my life. I haven't met Dwayne Johnson yet. And I say yet because it's on the bucket list. <laughs> but um, it was that was truly, truly life-changing for me. Absolutely life-changing for me. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've definitely, I, I would be here a lot longer and I'd be keeping you a lot longer and keeping um, the listeners a lot longer if I if I started talking about all the people who have inspired me in moments of need in life. Because I've actually had a few. I've had a few who have inspired me right in the very moments in life when I've needed it the most. In my darkest hours, I found inspiration through actors, which I think that's what kind of brought me into the industry, finally. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that, Chris. That was really powerful. And we're going to talk, of course, you guys more in depth about this at a later date. But I'm just so happy to hear that you were able to draw that strength and and seeing someone who helped to kind of reshape and keep you alive, pretty much, and just give you that that zeal to say, you know what, I can fight and become something greater than I ever thought I could. So I appreciate you sharing that. So I have another question for you. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice what would you say to young Chris? Everything will pass. Like, when I was younger, I lived in those moments, the moments of fear, the moments of loneliness. Um, And in those moments, when you're, sleeping under a bridge literally and, I, and I, that's not even a joke like like people um have joked about going you slept on the ridge no i literally slept under a bridge um there was like a, a slanted wall that, that led to another wall with a generator beside it and i slept under there and i slept between the wall and the generator and the river was down below um and when you're in there and you're cold and you know you're alone I think um, being alone is the scariest feeling ever. Um, it's like when anything ever really bad happens in your life, like my daughter, she almost passed away in 2019. Um, we nearly lost her twice. Even though I was surrounded by people supporting me, I felt alone. And it's that moment like that. I wish that if I could go back to my younger self, I could have probably sat and told them this will pass. Everything you're feeling right now is not the end. It isn't the end. Do you know what I mean? And if it gets any worse, then it's not the end. It's not the end because it's only the end when it gets better. Because I've seen which you're capable of. I have seen what you've achieved in 10 years from now. And these feelings that you have right now, they will pass. Because once you learn to control these feelings, you you won't even believe the man you're going to become. You're going to literally be unstoppable. You put your mind to everything you want to do and you do it and you never let anybody stop you. Because that was my biggest worry as a kid. I was told 
I just spoke to my wife about this today, which is strange. On the way home, I was driving home. I said there, it's weird, doesn't it? Because like I've just been speaking to people about new scripts, new films. I said there, do you know how many times I was told, why don't you just go kill yourself? You're never going to be anything in life. Your life's never going to amount to anything. Why are you wasting it? And I said there, do you realize how many times I have heard in my life that you're never going to amount to anything? You're never going to become something. And if I could go back and tell my younger self, you're going to become more than any of them has ever dared to be. You've broke the mold. That's the difference. And that's what happens when you come up in a, in a certain environment with certain people, certain relationships. It molds you and that mold can hold you down and it can, it can, it can, it can suffocate you from your full potential. But once you break that mold, you have no idea your, your full potential. No idea. You're going to get into things that you never in your wildest dreams ever thought. You're a guy, you're sitting right here now, panicking that you have no future. You have no GCSEs, no A-levels, no education. But you're going to grow up to be a writer and you're going to write films that are going to have major actors that you've locked up your whole life acting on and you're going to act beside them and you're going to go and you do this and you're going to do this stuff that I wouldn't have believed back then. Do you understand what I mean? 100%. I, I get exactly what you're saying. I, that's one thing I've always gravitated to you, Chris, is you and I have a lot in common of the negative self-talk things you've experienced, how people treat you, how you learn from it and grow from it. And just being an entrepreneur, I think you have that spirit in you to never give up. And so that's one thing I've always admired in the conversations that you and I have had. And just, you're a very supportive person, a friend, like people should be able to, to learn a lot from you. Hopefully if you guys have not, like I said, heard of Chris and his story and his history, which I really check him out, reach out to him because he is doing great things outside of just with the acting and producing and writing. As a human being, I think that you stand alone and how you're able to reshape experiences. That's why when people leave you, as you've said, that people will say that they feel different, feel better, or they feel connected because you give off such a great vibe of, of that humanity and, and the parts of you that are the most lovable, this is why your family connects with you in the way that they do, because they, they can see the change. And you have made a shift. You didn't allow yourself in the States here, we call it like being a product of your environment. Um, you can grow from those experiences and you don't have to allow the streets to, to be your history. It doesn't have to pave a road where it's only narrow and it's only seen a dead end, a negative spot. You can turn it around. You can tell those people in a respectable way, whatever you thought about me was your opinion, but my destiny is not based on opinions. And it's not. Like we have, we're all destined to do different things in our lives and to go down different paths in our lives to get to where we are in the later or latter stages of where we're going to be. And it doesn't have to be negative. You know, we're going to have challenges. We're going to face things that can feel overwhelming but once we really start to dive into where we want our lives to go, who we are, who we connect with, and why, 
And I always say there's always a why and a why not to things that we say or do. Yeah. And when we start knowing the whys and the why not doing certain things, we can get to a level in our lives that we never could have imagined. And so this is why I'm so glad that you did, first of all, agreed to be on the show, but that you have been so honest and authentic in sharing your experience because that is the human nature side of you, which people are going to want to know more about. And that's where the directors and, and other films, filmed crews and different agencies and people are going to want to connect and work with you because they can feel the authenticity that you have, but also your heart mixed together, which makes it easier for people to connect. Yeah, I appreciate that. No problem at all, Chris. I, I just wanted to share it with you. I know that was long-winded, you guys. I know I'm long-winded. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but I needed to say that because I feel like sometimes it's hard to hear it from someone else because we're still trying to convince ourselves that we're on the right page or doing the right things. But we need to hear it every once in a while. And I've learned to accept compliments when it's hard for me to want to accept it. But realize that that person, is they're speaking yeah, from their heart. And so it's not for me to judge someone else's experience with me. It's for me to just be grateful and just say, thank you. I appreciate what you said. You know, even if it's negative, sometimes I appreciate your, your opinion and you, you have all rights to say and think how you feel, but I have a right to decide to internalize it or not. And so I just want you to be able to just take this in. Maybe when you listen back to it in the future, you can kind of go back and say, Hey, I remember when Jerry told me that I remember when people who I was close to told me things, my family told me this. And now I'm starting to see or feel and experience what they're saying when at times I didn't believe that it was true. Yeah, that's it. That is it. It's still hard to, to take in when people say that, like, like when, as I say, when I opened the acting school, I never expected the impact I'd have in people's life. Um, like, I had people literally saying to me, you've no idea what you've done to me. You've literally saved my life. I was so depressed. I was... I was so down. Like my best friend's getting married tomorrow, and um, I asked him for a recommendation just once. Just I was going, going for my, my visa to the states, and um, he put on there like how I saved his life. He, he he had severe depression and he he didn't want to leave the house, and he was like, "Chris literally saved my life," and I think like that's if you do what I do. We're acting, writing, producing, stuff like that. No, right? And you do make it. Say you do make it, you become one of those household names. If you don't help other people, you've missed the memo. Do you know what I mean? You've missed the memo. You've kind of missed the point in life. Like, I'm going to sidetrack here just a tiny bit if it's okay. My wife said to me today, so why do you want to be famous? Why do you want to be famous though? Everything's going to change. And I was sitting in traffic. And I was like, a lot of people say you want to be famous because you're vain. I don't. Imagine right now that that man sitting over there in that car, he looks like he's had a really hard day. Imagine he is able to turn around and look at me right now and go, oh my God, that's that's Chris Toretto. I know him from such and such a show. Wow. And he puts his window down and he's like, can I get a photo? And I, I get out of the car and I walk over to him and I get a selfie with him and it makes his day. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, as I said, inspires me. He does. And when he comes out of his homeless truck and the Hollywood tours are there and he pits his window down 
and he speaks to those people on that Hollywood tour and they're all getting their phones out and they're taking photos and they're getting videos and all. Yeah, it's it's cool. He's famous. But what's more important than that is who on that bus, whose life has he just saved from that 30 seconds of even putting his window down and speaking to them? Do you imagine the good you could do if your voice would just be heard? And it is, it's hard because you could save hundreds of lives. But people, your voice isn't heard. But once you get famous, suddenly you have a platform. And if I say something, people will listen to it. If I go, hey, um, like, hey, government, can you do me a favor? There's, there's um, 3,000 people homeless in Manchester right now. I was homeless. Can we help them? They'd be like, who are you? Who are you? Why should we listen to you? But if I go up to them and say, hey, government, I'm cr-, and they're like, oh, yeah, you starred in this and you're this guy and yeah, we've seen you in this and wow, and everybody's all happy to see you. And I go, whoa, 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 hold on, man. Can we, can we do a, a campaign here to feed the homeless? Oh, absolutely we can. That's my reason to be famous. That is my reason that I told my wife today. That's my reason. Because I feel that it's strange that you have to be famous before people will listen to you. But when you are, imagine the many lives you can touch. Imagine the many people you could just make smiling one day just from putting your window down in your car and letting them take a photo of you. Or you going to their, their, their getting out of your car and walking to their car to get a selfie with them and them going, oh my, I can't believe he just got a selfie with me. You could just save that person's life. You have no idea how happy that's going to make them for months. That could be them set. Some people get so, so inspired by famous people that when they meet them, that's them like me. You get inspired and that you changed your whole life. The minute you meet them, your whole life has changed. Imagine being with a good you could do if you had that opportunity. I just I think it'd be unbelievable unbelievable it is it's very unbelievable chris and that's why i'm glad that you shared that story because it's going to really help inspire so many people so before we end chris i wanted you to let our listeners know where can they find you online and do you mind sharing if you have anything new that is coming up very soon that people can check out um i want you to be able to share that with us so um on instagram i use instagram i'm not very good at twitter <laughs> not great at twitter um but on instagram um i am official under slash under uh, chris under slash t um at the moment i have just done two scripts for actor producer gianni capaldi who has starred in films alongside uh bruce wallace frank grillo um, etc. Um, I have also then um, done a, a script which is hopefully starring Jonathan Sheik, um, which I'm hoping that I'm also producing and we're looking to make offers on some fantastic Golden Globe winners. Um, so some really big names there. Um, and then recently in the last the last week, I have been in contact with um, Miles Clawhosse from from New York. He is looking to put a, a lot of films together. He's asked me for thrillers. He's asked me for actions. 
he has asked me for heist movies and and horror movies and all just basically all genres um and the fact that i'm very 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 blessed in a way i've got a skill that i didn't know i had and i've been told by people like sean sean pinchadino who was on your show um me and sean are, are good friends and we've been chatting away now for a couple of years and i'll finally get to meet him when i go back to america next year um but like a lot of people have been saying to me that this skill is unheard of in hollywood i am basically writing full screenplays in about four or five days um which is obviously saving a production months it could take somebody two or three months to write a script. I'm writing in four or five days. It takes somebody a month to make changes. I'm doing a ch- all the changes in like a day. So it means the production can take that in less than two weeks to funding and go into production three or four months ahead of where they are. Um, within the last three weeks, I've wrote four scripts. So we're hoping now those are all being pitched from now to Christmas. So I'm hoping by next year, um, Jenny Capaldi will be releasing two films that I have written. Uh, Miles, he is hoping to release um, at least a dozen. So the sounds of it, he's definitely got a lot of things going on. So yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of films I've written um, coming out next year, and hopefully a lot more acting roles as well because I have finally decided to return to be in front of the camera again which is quite exciting so yeah there's a there's definitely a lot to look out for congratulations chris i just want you to know you are doing some unheard of you know unprecedented things that you really are getting out there and you're putting your name out there for people to get to know and i think like you say building those connections is what's so important and that's going to keep you thriving so Thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show. I will have you, I can say, back in the future very soon to kind of share more of your life story. And hopefully our listeners, if y'all haven't followed Chris, please follow him and please connect and reach out. He's definitely going to get back to you and kind of be able to build that connection. So, Chris, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. And let's remember, you guys, to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right, Chris. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your holiday weekend that's coming up. I know a lot of people have just celebrated Thanksgiving, yeah. having a good time. And we, of course, Christmas is right around the bend, but I'm just so grateful to know you as a person and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. And you have a, have a fantastic day. And um, yeah, well, everybody prepare for Christmas. <laughs> a big one this year, big one this year. Absolutely. All right, Chris. Well, I'll talk with you soon. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm.